God we serve. What a great God we serve. While you turn into the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse number 1. We hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and spent time with family if that was possible and stayed off the road because they were horrible. Traffic turned a 12-hour drive into about a 15-hour drive for Elizabeth and I on our way home and just people everywhere. Where are all these people going? Why are they on the road? And I'm sure they were asking the same question about me. But we made it home safe. Give the Lord praise for that. And be uh, thankful uh, unto him in this season of thankfulness. And we've been preaching about that for a while. And uh, we are going to uh, move on uh, here tonight. We're going to start uh, something just a little different. And uh, I want to begin this evening and talk about different areas, areas of our relationship uh, to one another as Christians, our relationship to one another as Christians. And when we walk in this relationship the way that the Bible instructs us to do, not only will we bless others, but we will bless ourselves. We will bring a peace and a strength into ourselves. It will help calm our troubled spirits, minds, and lives if we could just learn to treat one another the way the Bible instructs us to do towards one another. Can you say amen? All right, so we're going to launch right into this thing tonight on a on maybe one of the tougher areas, but certainly an area uh, that uh, you and I need in the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 1. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on, uh, it'll be up on the screen, I'm sure. And everybody say, judge not. Say it again, judge not. And then the Lord gives us a reason for that, that ye be not judged. Now it is written in there in understanding, judge not. In other words, judge not one another, that ye be not judged, not so much necessary by one another, as judged by him. Judge not, that ye be not judged. And then uh, we will uh, launch ourselves off into scriptures that are going to be following that here shortly. Let's put our Bibles down. We want the Lord uh, to minister to us, to strengthen us tonight, to speak to us uh, through his word. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us all safe here uh, this evening. And God, we just pray that we would learn from your word. You would open up our minds and our hearts and our ears, Lord, that we might hear from the Word of God. Lord, that you would minister to us and to our spirits, Father, that we would calm our troubled spirits. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. I want you to, if you've got to get out of your seat, I want you to go to two or three people and tell them, I will not judge you. All right, that's enough love. Let's make our way to our seats. I want to help us tonight uh, in, in the word of the Lord. There is something about a judgmental spirit, someone who is constantly judging the actions and the words of another individual. There's something about that kind of a character, that kind of a spirit, uh, personality upon a person that uh, uh, causes me and you, the one that has that judgmental spirit, to uh, always be uh, angry or 
downcast or, you know, just someone you really uh, don't want to hang around. Have you ever, have you ever gone somewheres with somebody or been somewheres and, and uh, an event took place or uh, maybe it was a gathering of some kind. It could even be church, right? And, and uh, you're leaving, man, you feel great and, and everything seemed to go well and you're with someone and, and uh, you begin to talk about, you know, how awesome the service is. And, and they go, oh, yeah, it was great. And then comes that famous word, but. And you're like, what but's in there? What could, that, what could that possibly be? It was awesome. Well, because when you have this kind of a spirit, when you have a judgmental spirit on you, rather than receiving the blessings of the Lord that are flowing at that moment, you're constantly looking for something without even realizing you're doing it. You're constantly looking for something that's not just right. I promise you that tonight, before this message is over, there will be 15 things that pastor won't do just right. Somebody right next to you won't be just right. Say it just right. Act just right. Respond just right. Whatever it may be. Any service, you can always pick something out in the music. You can always pick something out with the instruments. You can, with the singers, with how someone was dressed or, or, or just whatever, whatever it can be. There's just that judgmental spirit that gets a hold of them. I remember I was in a... Uh, a service uh, many years ago, uh, wow, have to be at least 35 years ago now, and uh, we was at a camp meeting. One of the great uh, men of God, Brother uh, James Kilgore, you may have heard of his name, he's gone home to be with the Lord, but uh, just a powerful preacher uh, in the organization, and I was with a, a, a young lady there, and a uh, young lady at the time that uh, I was sort of liking, my wife's in another room, so we're okay. I wouldn't want her to become judgmental. <laughs> and uh, so a young lady I was kind of liking, and, and, uh, and we let her serve. What a powerful service. He, he preached on the name of Jesus, and that place just erupted. It was so powerful. And, uh, and, and we were walking out, and I was talking about the service and how awesome it was. And, and, uh, and she responded. She said, well, it just kind of sounded like to me. Uh, he was just trying to get the people excited. And so uh, I stopped right there, and uh, I've been seeing her for a few months, and I stopped right there, and I said, you know what? I think the name of Jesus is something to be excited about. And uh, I, I said, uh, how about you and I just end this while we're still friends? And that was the last time I ever spoke to her, the last time I ever called her. Because the last person I'm going to hang around with is somebody that's judgmental about everything that God is trying to do. Listen, listen, when you are dealing with humanity, when you're dealing with an organization, when you're dealing with a group of people like us here tonight, and humanity is involved, there's going to be problems, there's going to be faults, there's going to be uh, situations and errors and wrongs and all kinds of things that, that can uh, just go wrong. But in the midst of all of it, uh, tonight, right now, tonight, we have felt the presence of God. We have been touched by the power of God. And somehow I want my spirit to rise above everything that might be be wrong and get a hold of what's right get a hold of what is right and so we if we're not careful we can become judgmental now the Lord said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 1 he said judge not everybody say judge not now I know that he continues on and says why and then it in a few more verses, if the Lord will help us, we'll get to them tonight. Uh, he even talks about uh, the consequences of that. But he starts out in this teaching in chapter 7 of Matthew. He starts out with the words, judge not. Everybody say, judge not. Look at your neighbor and tell him, judge not. Now, Sister Nadia, you didn't tell Brother Nadia. That's, thank you. I was judging you over there, but I, I judge you because I saw you. So he gave, he gave no reasons. He gave no excuses. He gave no premises here at all. He said, 
judge not. In fact, the only times in the Bible that God gives me and you permission to judge one another, one of those, Paul the Apostle talks about it, and it's when a brother and a brother, a sister and sister come together, and they begin to communicate with one another, and they ask the person, would you judge me? Would you tell me, talk to me about some things that maybe I can get better? And so we can judge one another in the essence of trying to help one another, improve one another. Now, many of you, of course, will take that and justify your judgmental attitude by saying, well, I was just trying to help the brother. No, you weren't. Besides that, he didn't ask you. Wow, this is really tough tonight. We're doing okay? Because I hadn't even got to the hard part. Okay, here we go. Judge not. Everybody say, judge not. That you be not judged. Now, that word there, judge not, one word in the Greek, judge not, that word there, judge, means to distinguish, to decide, or to try, to condemn, and to punish. But in Luke 6, verse chapter 6 and verse number 37, and Don, I'm sorry, just keep up with me. Don't judge me. Just keep up with me the best you can. Luke, Jesus says in Luke 6, 37, listen to this. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. So Jesus emphasized here, judge not. Everybody say, judge not. We really should never have to get past that point. Because God said, judge not. So we should never even have to enter into the parts of the verses where God begins to talk to me and you about what is going to happen if we do judge. Because you and I, loving God, should stop right there where he said, judge not. Look what Paul said in Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art, that what? So Paul says in Romans, you are inexcusable. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew and Jesus said in Luke, judge, judge, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doeth the same things. And you judge someone in a certain area and you say, I'm not a thief. I'm not a drunk. Jesus said if you break the law in one place, you break the law in every place. And so Paul says, judge not, lest you condemn yourself. And we'll look at why a little bit later. Thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doeth the same things. Verse number 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Leave the judging to the one who knows it all. That is the problem with you and I judging. We are limited in our knowledge, limited in our access. We don't know the whole story. We don't know the motive. We don't know the heart. We don't know the premises that surrounded the circumstances and conditions. All we do is see from a distance and we begin to judge. God says judge not or you'll condemn yourself because if you judge, I'm going to judge you and everybody tonight knows I cannot afford to be judged. Herein lies the problem with judging. You and I are not all-knowing. So Paul the apostle says, leave the judgment 
to the one who knows everything. Let him judge. So what is my obligation? Pray. Uplift. Support. Encourage. Strengthen. If Jesus tells me to pray for those who abuse me and do good to those who do bad to me, how much more does he want me to pray for my brother and my sister who may be going through something, facing a problem, having a situation? God said, don't judge them. Pray for them. Love them. Let me do the judging, God said. I'll judge them. But I'll judge them through my mercy. We talked about that a little bit in today's daily devotion. Pastor finally got back on track. Hopefully we'll stay on track. Don't judge me. No matter how I judge, it will always be predicated. And I will be partial in my judgment. According to my own opinion, which was formed on partial information. In verse number two, Jesus continues on in that first verse. He finishes, judge not, why? That ye be not judged. And we're talking about right here, right now. We're not talking about the great throne of judgment. Or when the rapture takes place and the saints of God are judged and awarded. Or when all the dead rises and they are judged according to their deeds. That's not the judgment God's talking about. When he says, if you judge, I'll judge you. He's talking about right here and right now. If you want to open your actions, your words, your thoughts, your desires, your little skeletons in your closet, if you want to open that up to the judgment of God right here and right now on this earth, then you just go about judging your brother and go about judging your sister. And God said, if you judge them, I will judge you. I hope I put so much of the fear of God in me and you tonight that we would never dare judge another again. That when the thought comes up in our mind to judge, we immediately say, oh, God, have mercy upon me. Forgive me. I am a sinner. Nobody knows me like you know me, God. You know my thoughts. You know my desires, my ambitions, my hopes. You know everything in me. Oh, God, have mercy upon your servant. That ought to be our response. He continues on in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 2. Put your hands together for the Lord just a second. Would you do that? Let's praise him. This is heavy stuff, so we just got to stop and praise him for a moment. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 2. For with what judgment ye judge, with what measure, you, what judgment you judge, ye shall be judged. For with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. How much plainer can God make it? It is a law that he has put in his word. It is a law that is built into the church. That if we judge measure of judgment that we yield will be brought back to us again. In the book of James, chapter 2 and verse number 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy. Everybody say, without mercy. For he shall have judgment without mercy that have showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Everybody say, judge not. 
If you judge, what that means is if you choose judgment rather than mercy, then he will judge you. You better hear it. Without mercy. Do you really want to stand in the presence of God without mercy? Is there one of us here today? One? I'll tell you, I don't want to stand before God without His mercy. There's no way. Not at all. And sometimes this is extremely difficult to do. I'm, I'm not preaching on it tonight, but this judgment lines up with forgiveness. When people do me and you wrong, when we are done wrong, severely, sometimes it's hard to forgive. Bitterness and anger and hurt can get a hold of your heart. And we'll start, we'll start judging because we've been hurt. And it's hard sometimes. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm saying it's right. And the thing that I always do that helps me in this area is I just go stand in a mirror. And I say, now, boy, do me and you want to start listing everything? That you should be judged for. But instead of judgment, there was mercy. And I love the way James puts this. He says, for he shall have judgment without mercy. That have showed no mercy. And remember what that word judgment means. It means to try and Convict on your knowledge, on your limited ability. You try them in your mind and you convict them in your heart. And you punish them in your actions. You become the judge and the jury and the prosecutor. James says, for he shall have judgment without mercy on him that hath showed no mercy. But I like the way he ends that verse. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. That's what I want in my life. When judgment should have stepped into my life, instead, mercy is rejoicing between me and judgment. That's what happens when we're willing to forgive. That no matter what happens, when we're willing to say, I'm not going to judge my brother, my sister. I'm going to leave them in the hands of God. Mercy begins to rejoice. You know why? Because he's a merciful God. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. And the moment mercy sees that you're willing to turn it over to God, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to let God be the judge. I'm going to let God be the prosecutor. I'm going to let God be the jury. Mercy begins to rejoice. you got to be careful. you got to check your spirit and your motive because what will happen is the person that done you wrong and you release that to God, all of a sudden God begins to bless you. And you go, what? To the Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And you'll see him dance across the front and you're just waiting for that lightning bolt. It's coming any moment. Paul asked, somebody get the janitor. Take care of this mess. We have to watch ourselves. Okay, let's continue. Everybody say, judge not. In Psalms 18 and 25, 
with the merciful, that will show thyself merciful. And with an upright man, that will show thyself upright. Oh God, I want to be merciful to my brother. I want to be merciful to my sister. I want to forgive. I don't want to judge because I need your mercy. One of the dangers about a judgmental spirit is it's first cousins to self-righteousness. So the, one of the dangers of having a judgmental spirit is that which comes along with it is self-righteousness. So you search your own mind, you search your own heart, you search your own deeds, you search your own actions, and you can't find anything to be forgiven. You can't find any reason for the mercy of God. It's called self-righteousness. You impute your own righteousness into your own spirit. But God says, when I look on that, it's like filthy rags to me. With the merciful thou shalt shew thyself merciful. And with an upright man thou shalt show thyself upright. Verse 3 of Matthew, I'm coming back to the text. Why beholdest the moat? That is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Behold, to, to look upon, to look about the moat, a little tiny dry twig, a straw. Wish I had a broom straw. I'd put it on his ear so it looked like it was in his eye. And I'd walk up to him like this. Oh, my God. Look at that thing in your eye. And the guy doing the talking can barely hold up the one that's in his own. The Lord said, you, you see someone else, and they have a twig, but you have a beam of wood. Oh, how, verse 4, oh, how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mold of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. I think Jesus is pretty serious about this stuff. And his entire message is about this. You know the old saying, you point that one finger at somebody, there's three more pointing back at you. And that's exactly what he's talking about. He said, you're walking around accusing. You're walking around judging. And all of these things are wrong in you. But the fearful part is that he makes so plain in his word is that when you show no mercy, I show no mercy. And I promise you, him showing no mercy is a lot worse than you or I showing no mercy. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Lighten it up, lighten it up. How wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat of thine eye and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Verse 5, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And you know why he can say that in verse number 5? Because you and I will die before the beam gets out of our eye. We will be pulling on that beam until Jesus comes back. It's called human nature. When you have, verse 5 is basically saying, 
when you have perfected yourself, when you are without sin, then I give you the right to judge your brother. If we can get a hold of this, and if one small thing we can do is just stop judging, it would change our lives. It would change how we react and respond to one another. It would change our character, our attitude, and our personality. Somebody might even like being around you. You could just learn not to judge. Romans chapter 14, verse number 10. But why, Paul said, dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Can I tell you that the verse that should put fear in me, in you, is when the Bible says every word, every thought, every deed that was done in secret will be hollered from the housetop for everyone to know in judgment. Now you tell me that shouldn't make me and you shake in our shoes and say, oh God, cover me with your mercy. Let your blood be upon me. Remit my sins. I want to do it, but you must not judge. You must forgive if you're going to be forgiven. Up your hands to the Lord. I know this is tough teaching. But it'll save us. Why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess, verse 12, so then every one of us shall give an account of who? Who? The only person I need to worry about is this old boy. Because when I stand before God, I'm not going to be able to say, Oh, but God, what about Brother Mata? What about Brother Sean? Oh, but God, what about this brother? What about Brother Pete? What about Brother so-and-so? Oh, no. When I stand before God, the only one I'm giving account for is me. And if I'm going to judge anybody, then I need to judge myself. That's the reason why the Lord said, judge thyself so that you're not be judged. We okay? We we surviving, Brother Morgan. Morgans with an S. Come on. So then, every one of us, I, I'm going to be ending in a moment. Every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So Paul says. Let us not, therefore, judge one another anymore. Preaching to the church at Rome. Obviously, things had gotten so bad that he felt he needed to address it in a letter. And he said, every one of you is going to have to appear before God, and you're going to have to give an account for yourself. He said, so I'll tell you what. 
Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. He said, you want to judge something? You want to judge something? He said, why don't you judge this? He said, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. He said, why don't you examine your own life and why don't you make sure you're treating your brother right? Why don't you make sure that you're not saying something about your sister? Posting mess on media. Hanging your dirty laundry out for everybody to read. Shaming the church and shaming the name of Christ that's in you. I'm so glad I don't have Facebook. I got one. I'm just never on it. opened one up one time. I didn't know really how to do it a few years ago. And that evening I had 1,400 requests. I said, Lord, I don't know you. My cousin's cousin's cousin, third uncle, wanted to be my friend. Yeah, that's when I shut her down. It's over. Tweet on Twitter. Is that what you do? You tweet on Twitter? And you make your little comments for everybody to read. What else is there? Facebook, Twitter. What? Instagram. Instagram, instant. You know what that means? Instant. That means once you put it out, you you ain't take it back. It's instantly out there. Everybody can see it. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. But Brother Kyle, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. I understand. There's some rough things out there. Some really difficult situations. But God says, you leave those in my hands. John 8 and 7 So when they continued asking him, and I'm closing, when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast it. him judge it. And we're talking about two ends of the spectrum. We're talking about a harlot who was caught in the act of adultery. I'm not sure why they didn't bring the man because I'm pretty sure it takes two to tango. I don't think she was in adultery by herself. Caught in the act of adultery, drug her through the street, shamed her. And these men that drug her were Pharisees and Sadducees and leaders and elders of the church. Now, not the church of Christ, but Israelites. Jesus looked at the elders, the righteous ones, who stand on the corner in their robes and pray their prayers to their God. 
he says to the elite, what you ever want to do is without sin. Listen, the devil is lying. And the only one who has the right to judge said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It's simple. You know, when I judge my brother, when I judge my sister, you do realize that I'm judging one of God's kids. I am literally trying to take the place of the father because he's the only one that loves That's what was happening with the prodigal son and the brother. The brother judges his brother. I stayed faithful to you. I fed your sheep. I tended your barns. I filled your storehouses with corn. I stayed faithful to you all of these years. And that lousy, good-for-nothing piece of trash squandered his inheritance, lived with the harlots, ate with the pigs, lived a filthy life. And here he comes back begging for a little mercy, and you dance all over him like he's some perfect Father said, I'd have killed the fatted calf for you anytime. All that I have is yours. You know why? Because his brother no longer had an inheritance. He squandered it. All that I have, the father said, is yours. When I die, he don't get nothing. You get everything. And I can tell you what was in the heartbeat of the father. He was hoping that by example, his brother would learn how to be merciful to the father. That when he dies, the father, when he dies, his son that went out and squandered everything, had found a little love and a little peace under the umbrella of his brother. When God brings all these backsliders back in, all these people that wasted their life and they're going to come back in with diseases from immorality, diseases from lifestyles of of sinfulness and, and, and they're going to come in and you're going to see them standing here. Some of them maybe had ministry. Some of them had all kinds of wonderful potential, but they squandered it out there. They squashed it. They ruined it and they come back and all they got here to receive is just some love from the Lord. God says to you and I, would you please shower them with my love? Don't judge them. Just just love them because all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. Last verse, almost. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. Who art thou that judges another brother or sister? They belong to God, and God has the power to make them fall or make them stand. Judge not, he said. 
we can just stop right there. We don't have to worry about the rest of the mess. James 4, 11 and 12. That's it. I'm done. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art a doer of the law. Thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one law giver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Thou judgest the law. You literally put yourself in the place to judge Jesus Christ. I judge you because you're not handling this right. I'm going to show you how to handle this. I'm going to show you how you should treat them. I'm going to show you how you should judge them. I'm going to show you what should be done. Literally judging the actions of Christ himself. You become the judge. Yet there's only one lawgiver. And that is Christ. So I'm telling us tonight. That judging one another according to the way that I'm speaking about tonight. Is not just a petty attitude. It's not a moment of weakness. It is a very, very serious thing for God. Because when we judge, we begin to speak, to talk about people. We talk down to them. Or if you're really good, if you're really good, you can lift them up while you're stepping on them. That's the good ones. They know how to make it look like they're lifting them up, but really what they're doing is they're crushing them. I love Sister So-and-so. We just need to pray for her. Well, you know what she did? Okay, we have a little bit of time. Woo! Bet your neighbor said, man, that was rough. That was rough. This is your chance, Brother Molly. Tell Sister Molly that was rough. Let's come down for a little bit. We're going to pray as a church here tonight. We're going to ask God to help us not to be judgmental. You know, there'll be situations in the church I've seen this happen many a time. There'll be situations in the church, and you'll wonder why pastor's not handling it a certain way, why he's not doing a certain thing. God didn't make you judge, and he didn't make me judge. I'm waiting on God. I learned a long time ago, listen, there were times that I could have judged a parent for their wrongdoing. And I would go to reach my hand out and the Lord would say, don't you touch that. Don't you touch that. And because I would be patient and wait on God, I now see their children serving God. And you wonder, how in the world did those kids ever survive that? I'll tell you how they survived it. I let God judge it. Because when God judges, he judges through mercy and he judges through love. And he has a way of turning things and fixing things. I I, I don't want, I need the mercy of God. Pastor's objective is always in any situation to salvage something. What can I pull out of this? What can I save in this stuff? What can we rescue out of this mess? And if 
we'll learn to judge not, but love and be kind and be patient, knowing that we ourselves are going to have to stand before God one day and give an account of ourselves. Our actions, our deeds, our thoughts. Our motivations and our lusts. that on a cop out be merciful and the only way he can do that is if we're merciful he makes it so plain you want to be forgiven forgive you don't want to be judged judge not this isn't difficult but they're they're doing wrong they're it's wrong what they're doing. It's wrong what they're doing. The Bible says if you see a brother in fault, go to him. If he won't hear you, bring it before an elder. Don't judge him. Bring it before an elder. If he won't hear the elders, you bring it before the church. That's not judging. It's mercy. The first stage of mercy is a brother coming to another brother and saying, hey, this is wrong. We need to fix this. Paul, get out of here. You know what you're talking about. You bring it to an elder. The elder confronts them. And if he can confront them and get them to repent and get them to fix it, he's worked out. Don't you see the beauty in that? But if you just start judging and start mouthing, then it goes beyond the brother, it goes beyond the elder, and now the whole church knows, and they are shamed. And the Bible calls it a stumbling block. You put a stumbling block before your brother, and he fell, and he died, and you will be judged for it, not him. Just a couple of days ago, I had a brother go to a brother. The brother didn't receive it. The brother came to me. I went to the brother. I looked into it a little bit. He wept. He cried. He prayed. We forgave one another. We talked about things, how we can work this out, if we can make this work. And now he knows that if he'll just line up with that and walk in those premises and do what God has called him to do, etc., that that's where it's buried. And a soul is saved. Why? Because we decided not to judge one another. But leave it in the hands of God. Now you want to talk about a church that can reach the lost. You show me a church that learns not to judge one another. And you're going to find a church that's going to learn to reach that lost person. Lord, we thank you for this word tonight, God. You spoke to our hearts and our spirits. God, I pray that you get a hold of each and every one of us that are in this altar, in this building here tonight. Oh, Lord, that we would pray through our judgmental spirits and we would ask for mercy from you, God, and we would lay our judgment down at your feet. And instead of placing a stumbling block, that, Lord, we would lay before our brother love and mercy and gentleness and forgiveness. And, oh, Father, we ask it, we pray it. Lord, I'm asking you to touch this church tonight. Touch our minds. Touch our spirits, Lord. Touch it, God. Touch us, Lord. I pray, I ask it, Father. Lord, I love you. I love you. I praise you. Lord, we need you tonight. Oh, God, bring revelation to us. We need revelation in our hearts. We need revelation in our minds. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, we need to understand. Judge not so that we will not be judged. Lord, to forgive so that we can be forgiven. Oh, God, to pull the beam out of our eye so that we can clearly see, Lord, other things. God, show mercy so that mercy will come 
unto us. Father, oh Lord, reveal these things to us. Let us see. I want mercy to dance in the face of judgment in my life. I want your mercy to dance in the face of judgment in my life. Oh God, help me, Lord. Help me to show mercy. Help me to forgive. Help me not to judge. Help me not to be judgmental, but to bring my brother to prayer. Bring my sister to prayer. To lay on my face before the throne of God. To lift up their name. To seek the face of God. To ask for your mercy and your goodness. Oh Lord, help us never to speak to one another evil of another brother or another sister. Lord, these are your children. They belong to you. It doesn't matter if they're eating slop with the pigs. It doesn't matter if they're in adultery. God in a house somewhere. It doesn't matter if they're a drunkard. It doesn't matter if they're a drug addict. It doesn't matter what's going on in their life. Oh God, I am not going to judge them. I put that in your hands. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to help them if I can. Oh Oh God, we're going to lift up our brother. We're going to lift up our sister in prayer. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. I wonder if we can lift our hands right now to the Lord. And just ask him to help us. Will you ask him to help you, Lord? Help me. Help me not to be judgmental. Help me, God, not to judge my brother. Help me not to judge my sister, oh God. I pray and I ask it in the wonderful name of the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord, Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Thou art holy, thou art righteous. How we bless your name. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Father, we love you. We love you. We praise you. Let the word get in our hearts. Let the word get in our hearts. Praise God. I hope the word helped us a little bit tonight. I want to mention something to you about prayer. Uh, in dismissal, pastor, we've never done this before. I know last year we had a New, Year's, a New Year's Eve service because New Year's Eve was on a Sunday. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, this year it's on a Monday. And uh, are you sure? Then Sunday can't be the first weekend of the month. I think Monday is the second. Somebody get a calendar out. It's on a Friday. Woo, Pastor, you're brilliant. All right, it's this coming Friday. Is it this? No, Friday, the end of December. Yeah. All right, it's going to be, I'm not quite so brilliant, am I? <laughs> yeah. Tuesday. Monday is the 31st. So this coming, oh, we're dealing with December. Well, all right, somebody's laughing a little too loud. Okay. Hold on, I got to tell you what we're going to pray about. <laughs> Ten seconds. Yeah, so, so January the 1st is a Tuesday. Okay. But, but New Year's Eve is a Monday. So you were correct from the beginning. Okay. That's how you admit your faults and still look good. Okay. All right, so I want to have a New Year's Eve service. We start at 9, begin it at 12 here in the building to see how it works. The problem is we can't find no one to be here. Um, we have to have a school representative here. So there's only one person left to ask. I'm not going to give you their name because I don't want them to get emails. But just pray and say, Lord, help us to have a New Year's. So how many of y'all would like to have a New Year's Eve service? Would you come? Don't make me judge you because if you don't show, I will judge you. Okay. All right, so we're going to try to have a New Year's Eve service. It'll be on Monday evening, start at 9, end at. So let's be praying about that. Everybody say prayer. Try to roll out of bed in the morning. See it prayer at 6.30 online. 
you can't make 6.30, maybe noons. You can't make noon before you go to bed at 9.30. I love you. You're the greatest people in the world. You got to hug five people and tell them, I judge thee not. I judge thee not. I, su I, I would strongly suggest every husband and wife to hug. <laughs>